beautiful souls. You are listening to Embodying Saluna, a podcast about healing through spirit and love. I am in a different space. There have been some movements. <laughs> There's been some changes uh, to the space. And so I hope that the audio is okay. I'm concerned for what it will be like in post, but we'll see. We'll just go with it for now and hope for the best. I wanted to talk for a minute tonight about something that I saw. I'm going to read something that came up on my Instagram feed and I want to talk about it. So I'm going to read it to you. It's uh, several slides um, from the Holistic Psychologist. If you don't follow the Holistic Psychologist, I would recommend following them on Instagram. I find their content to be really helpful, especially if you have ACEs, which are adverse childhood experiences, um, but really any sort of trauma work if you're working on that for yourself, or if you just want to have kind of a better understanding or more insight, I think that they have a really great feed over on Instagram. So I'm going to read this. This popped up, I don't know when, a few days, I saved it a few days ago, I guess it popped up. So I'm going to go through all of the slides and read them, and then I will kind of talk about what I thought about them and sort of process that out a little bit and see, you know, how that lands with you. So it's called A Letter of Forgiveness to My Younger Self. I forgive myself for the time I spent in survival mode. I forgive myself for the times I used other people, alcohol, and other destructive behaviors to avoid the pain I felt within. I forgive myself because I learned that closeness meant chaos and dysfunction, and I reenacted that dysfunction over and over again. I forgive myself because I witnessed adults who couldn't self-regulate, so I dissociated to not feel and not connect to other people. I forgive myself because I was left alone to deal with my emotions, so I became fixed on not being abandoned by other people. In the process, I abandoned myself. I forgive myself because I learned my role was to be easy and to be liked. So I betrayed my own values to gain that approval. I forgive myself because I allowed my mother wound to impact every relationship I ever had, then avoided responsibility and blamed other people who, whose issues they didn't create. I forgive myself for my past and know that through taking responsibility for my life, I give the younger version of myself a new future. Uh, take a moment with that. I needed to the first time that I read it. Pretty much every single side resonates for me, for sure. Um, spending time in survival mode is the whole entire reason that I became a somatic experiencing practitioner. It took decades for me to realize that that's what I was doing, and it took therapy for me to realize that that's what I was doing. And it took a long time for me to voice that out loud without feeling some sort of shame about it. I recognized it without being able to articulate it. It's the reason I went into talk therapy after my breakup with my ex, um, because I felt like I didn't know who I was. I felt like that person who was in that relationship was not the person I thought that I was. And then as I started to unravel a lot of other romantic relationships, friendships, 
family dynamics, I began to see the patterns that were there, as happens with therapy. And I was able to sort of pinpoint how I was living and why it seemed like it was important for so long, why it felt like it was required for so long. Survival mode creates that constant living in a hyper-aroused state, right? That sort of hypervigilance, that um, distrust, that sort of belief that the entire world is a threat and everyone in it, in it is a threat. But more than that, it's a complete distrust of yourself and your own abilities to do things, despite the fact that you have been the one to protect yourself by remaining in survival mode, it also disillusions you to the ability that you have to discern. It takes it away, it strips you of that, and you are just left with survival. And it makes relationships of any kind a real challenge for many reasons. And then it makes those same relationships even more of a challenge when you begin to heal. Because when you can begin to recognize those patterns for yourself and do something to change them, to come out of them so that you can function better and live you know, a life that feels better for you, then that's when people begin to challenge your boundaries and you know, call you names or whatever. And those relationships fall apart. And they probably should in reality. Relationships that you create during survival mode probably should not remain unless they are healthy but those are rare those are incredibly rare because you you know like attracts like so there's a great likelihood that if you're creating relationships in survival mode those other people are also doing something in survival mode so just something to keep in mind the second slide forgiving myself for times i used other people alcohol and destructive behaviors to avoid the pain i felt within i definitely had some issues with alcohol for a very long time never to the extent that um it severely impacted my life but i definitely used it to numb and to avoid it was just so much easier that way i used it kind of jumping ahead to some slides here i used it to get people to like me i used it to be everybody's friend i used it to be exciting or some shit i don't know and then though i didn't use people i definitely had some destructive patterns that play out played out in my relationships um, with people as well, especially when I began to feel threatened because when you're in that survival mode, something will happen, you'll feel threatened and you'll react because you're surviving. You'll react the way that, you know, an animal reacts when they're surviving and that typically causes a lot of destruction. And it happened quite a bit in my relationship right before I started therapy. But like I said, like attracts like. I forgive myself because I learned that closeness meant chaos and dysfunction and I reacted that over and over again. That is 1000% my story. And it shows up a lot. This is something that I was talking recently with someone about. It shows up a lot in how we internalize romantic partnership, at least for me, because I wanted all the grand gesture shit, right? I wanted somebody who was gonna lay their life down on the, you know, on the line for me, was gonna scream that they love me from mountaintops, was never going to keep me a secret. So being in an affair was actually very hard because I hated the fact that this person who told me in secret that he loved me couldn't go out and just scream it out loud. And part of that was because of my own attachment and my own insecurity and the need to be important and the need to be rescued. 
And so all of those big things, all of those big feelings would play out. And then the other thing that would happen is that I would look for, you know, the fights that I expected to show up. And they did. And I needed it. I needed that chaos because I was raised in that chaos. So if there's no fighting happening, then what are we even doing? Because what I learned through observation, through childhood, through ways that people treated me was that those fights were required or else you didn't have any other way to prove that you love somebody and that fucking bullshit adage about love takes work it doesn't friends (laughs) it absolutely does not if you're dealing with real true unconditional love it does not take work it takes personal work to be reflective and ensure that you are in that space at all times but it does not take work it is not hard And it is not a knock-down, drag-out fight to prove love. If you are stuck in that, please, please, friends, do some work. Do some reflection. Find out where that comes from. I promise you. I promise. It's not love. I forgive myself because I witnessed adults who couldn't self-regulate, so I dissociated to not feel pain and not to connect with other people. I don't connect with other people. Um, I have much healthier relationships now and we do connect on a level that I haven't connected with people in the past. I still would not say that that's sort of as far as I could go. There's work to be done. There's work to be done. I am not yet at a place in my own journey where I feel like I can be fully vulnerable with people in general. I'm just not ready for that yet. I'm just not there yet and that's okay. It is better than it was, but there is still room to grow. But no, I never witnessed it from adults, not a single adult. We're not just talking about my parents, we're talking about any adult in my life. Other family members, teachers, neighborhood, you know, adults, friends, whatever you want to call them. I never had it to model, or I never had it modeled to me, I guess is more appropriate. Never. Just like I never had adults who were protective, I never had adults who shielded me from things I shouldn't have been bared witness to, I never had adults to process things with me. I also never had adults show me how to regulate their emotions or showed me that they could regulate their emotions and be responsive rather than reactive. And dissociation is something I still struggle with quite a bit. I forgive myself because I was left alone to deal with my emotions, so I became fixed on not being abandoned by other people in the process. I abandoned myself a thousand percent, not just with romantic relationships, with friendships as well. I was definitely somebody who stayed put in places because I just didn't want to feel rejected and it didn't matter if I was being treated like shit or it didn't matter um, if I was being used. It was oftentimes easy for me to see that that's what was happening but not easy for me to take any form of action or do anything to try to either walk away from it or deal with it or fix it or whatever. And I did abandon myself a lot, a lot. Lots of decisions that I made in my life, lots of actions and behaviors were based on abandoning myself, not being true to me, not being true to what I wanted, who I was, who I thought I was. I'm not sure that my identity was formed anytime prior to turning 40. Like, I forgive myself because I learned my role was to be easy and to be liked, so I portrayed my own values to gain that approval. I talked about this when I, we were on like the second slide or whatever it was. But yeah, for a long time, that was the most important thing, right? Having friends or having people who seemed like friends 
being liked by everybody, not causing any kind of conflict, not rocking the boat, even if it meant compromising myself in some way. I would say that was also really especially true with partnerships. Even though the number of like long-term relationships I've had has been low, I have dated a lot because I openly date, so you know, I'm not monogamous to anybody while I'm dating. And so even across those relationships, there are patterns of me compromising my own values and my own worth just because I didn't want to spend Saturday night alone or I forgive myself because I allowed my mother wound to impact every relationship I ever had, then avoided responsibility and blamed other people. Um, yeah, it's part of like the pattern that plays out with relationships in general when you're dealing with everything else that's already been mentioned, right? Uh, like these unhealed traumas from childhood, survival mode, insecure attachment, poor um, modeling, not having adults there to provide any kind of support. Of course, it's going to play out in your own relationships. There's nowhere else for it to go. There's no, there's, there is nothing else that can happen. So of course it's gonna, it's gonna do that. And I did avoid plenty of responsibility in past relationships. There's also the one thing I wanna say about this one, the caveat, it's not even a caveat because I kind of have already alluded to it that usually if you're going through something that feels broken, you're gonna attract someone who's doing the same. So in this particular place, and this could be my own shadow coming out that needs some extra attention, but I f this one was a little bit, I wanted to give it a little bit more attention because I feel like while it's true, I did do all of that and I can own that where I am, the other person also needs to own that for themselves, right? So oftentimes we are playing these patterns out with somebody who's playing out their own patterns and the one thing about this one that felt uncomfortable for me that isn't so much true for any of the other slides was just that it's not a sole responsibility. It just isn't. And so the hope here is that somebody else is playing out. I mean, somebody else is working on changing the behaviors that they have played out as well. I do forgive myself for the way that I've shown up in relationships in the past, and it's gonna take work to forgive others. So there's that. And the last one, I forgive myself for my past and know that through taking responsibility for my life, I give the younger version of myself a new future. Yes, right? You can't, you can't hold a standard or hold yourself to a standard or have judgment for what you did when you didn't know any better and for what you did when you didn't have anyone to show you any differently and for what you did when your understanding of love was not love. It was something else. Right? When you're in a toxic situation, all you can do is survive and react. There's not anything else. It's really, I mean, I would be surprised to find anybody in a situation that was like truly toxic, not using the word toxic just because, but truly difficult and unhealthy. I, I would be surprised if somebody could sit there in the midst of it and be reflective, like in the moment and be mindful, like in the moment. I just think when it's chronic, when it's something that happens over and over and over and over and over again for years upon years upon years, that you're left with nothing but reaction and hyper arousal and survival. And that's it. And all you can do in those in, in that time in those feelings is just keep yourself okay. Keep yourself protected at any cost. So you do what you have to do. And when there is nobody else around to support you, then you don't know that there's any other option. 
so yeah I forgive myself for that and I think we all should forgive ourselves for that anytime it doesn't matter if you dealt with it chronically as a child if you had one relationship where it showed up I, it doesn't matter you have to forgive yourself well I guess you don't have to but I would strongly encourage you to forgive yourself for the things that happened and the ways that you showed up when it was really your only option it's okay the point is to move forward differently the point is to allow all of those experiences to inform you where you are now so that you can do whatever feels appropriate necessary best to move forward in a different direction and you decide what direction that is and for me personally the day I walked into talk therapy and said I don't know who I am I don't recognize this person for me the goal was to be someone who I could love because I did not love the person who walked into that office that day and a big part of my choosing to go to therapy at that time was that I came out of that relationship initially feeling like it had royally messed me up and realizing pretty quickly actually a little bit right before that relationship ended I had this kind of realization but I felt too sort of ashamed to talk about it and then over time it became easier to say but a big reason why that relationship was such a rub for me is because the dynamics within it, the way he and I existed together, mimicked the dynamics I had with my mother. And those were not healthy. They're not healthy and they were not safe. And then as we, as I spent more time thinking about my childhood experiences and naming certain things and recognizing certain traumas, the more I could say it wasn't just my relationship with her that got played out. It was a relationship I had with most adults. Those dynamics got played out in my relationship with my ex right before I went to therapy, knowing full well that he had his own shit he needed to deal with and refused to. So I think for me, what happened was this like, you know, if you can imagine like a wave crashing into a wall. I didn't expect that to be the case. And I was like in a boat, a metaphorical boat, and I just got smashed into this wall. And it happened suddenly. I didn't know there was a wall there. I thought I was floating along, enjoying a day out on the water, and then suddenly a tsunami. And now it's been three years, going on four, that I've been in therapy and have only just been able very recently to really get in touch with a lot of those emotions. And still, I avoid a lot of them because it's hard. But am I becoming somebody who I can love? Yes. Am I becoming somebody who I can recognize? Yes. Am I becoming somebody who feels a level of congruence in her life with the decisions she makes and the people she allows in and what she does with her time, etc. Yes. Am I in healthier relationships now than I was before? Yes. Was it necessary to cut a lot of old relationships? Yes. The next piece of this, though, I've done a lot of this work in isolation, meaning by myself, <laughs> but also meaning I've opted not to explore what this looks like romantically. And that piece has to happen. It has to happen. <laughs> because that's where I get to really put into action what I've learned about myself and for lack of a better word, test out 
this person I am now because I don't know how I'll react to certain things until they happen. And some of those things only happen in partnership. And I guess the point of that is to say, it's fine to do the work in isolation. I encourage, especially if you're starting to do that work in isolation, but keep in mind that if you're talking about relational dynamics, whether it's family, friends, romance, whatever, at some point, you have to do the work in relation as well, in relation to other people. And I don't know, to bring this back to this thread from the holistic psychologist, I don't know that that work can be done until you have forgiven yourself because it's going to be really hard. You're going to continue to engage in things with a feeling of judgment and a feeling of shame and a feeling of needing to be seen or heard or whatever was lacking, whatever was missing before. And I think some work has to happen with that before you can go on to try and do work with someone else. But you can't jump into working on the relational piece if you haven't done any work on yourself. That will backfire and you will just continue to create damage and destruction everywhere you go. That is part of being human. Okay, so that was a mouthful. I just wanted to process out some of these things. I thought it was a really great post. Like I said, if you are not already following um, the holistic psychologist, I would encourage you to. I'm not getting anything for this, okay? <laughs> We're not in any kind of partnership. They don't even know who I am. It's just that I do follow their content and I do find it helpful, especially if you have any sort of trauma in your history or any sort of adverse childhood experiences in your history, then I think they are um, top notch with their content for that. Whew. All right. That's what I have for you tonight. I don't know. Take with that or do with that rather what you will take time to forgive yourself. I think one thing I want to do, that's right. That was what I wanted to end on. See, sometimes I get on these tangents and I forget what I'm doing here. One thing I wanted to do with it was actually write myself a letter to forgive myself and address it to my past self, my younger self. I think I'm going to spend some time doing that uh, later. I want to prepare myself emotionally for it. But I was going to say that I would encourage you to think about some of these things and think about how they have shown up for you. Is there something that wasn't on the list that I read, like on the slides that I read from? Is there something that you would include? or why not take it a step further and write yourself a letter too, or even just a few, you know, sentences. I mean, if we think about it, Instagram is what, nine slides? So eight sentences is what I read to you today. <laughs> it doesn't have to be elaborate. You don't have to write a book, but I would encourage it. I'm going to spend some time doing it myself and I would encourage you to do the same. If you don't feel like writing something, that's okay, but maybe spend some time just thinking about what shows up and and what it has meant for you and how it has impacted your adult life and what you want to do with that information or what you want to do about it. I think that might be helpful, especially in this shadow period. I just think it's a great time to get in touch with that part of ourselves. So that's the homework I'm giving to you. Take it or leave it. I'm going to go write myself a letter. And until next time, take care of you. One, four, three. Good night.